Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Good morning and happy Wednesday. Welcome to fourth quarter. I think this is the this is the first official show. I think this is first official show of fourth quarter, the happiest time of the year, where every little boy and girl gets everything they wish, and hopefully you will too, Mr. and Mrs. Business Owner. This is a course, a time when a lot of us go from the red to the black. So how are we going to do that? Well, hopefully you're already out there advertising, you're already spending money, you're already uh, converting your cold traffic, you're getting your warm traffic set uh, for November, because if you're not doing that now, you're gonna be behind the eight ball, because um, you probably could guess, uh, a lot more people advertise in November and December than pretty much any other time of the year. Uh, you know, all these platforms, no matter what we're talking about, uh, there's only a finite amount of space there's only a finite amount of content that can be produced in terms of advertisements on each platform so it works just like you think it will it's supply and demand and the more people that are buying the more the price is going sky high so that's why i say be advertising now you should be you should have been advertising uh, all of third quarter getting ready for fourth quarter uh but it's not too late right now you know what i was i was actually just uh just putting together a little, a little video um, for a certain niche. Uh, I don't know if I should mention it, but ah, what the hell? Okay, so we'll mention it uh, for health insurance. You know, if I was in the health insurance industry or something like that right now, I would be running video view ads and building up my cold to warm traffic audience, and then flip it here in a couple weeks to uh, direct call to action for open enrollment for uh, people who are obviously looking for health insurance services. This is the biggest time of year for health insurers to get new people in the door, but they just start trying to do a conversion ad or start trying to convert cold traffic, uh, you know, now or in November, uh, they're gonna have super high uh, costs. They're not, it's not gonna convert as well. And so what, that's why you wanna always dig your well before you're thirsty, right? And what, what you should have been doing or what they could be doing right today is like I said, creating value videos, uh, putting them out there, getting video views, and then retargeting that traffic while everybody else is out there trying to get the cold traffic to convert. You're one step ahead of the game. You're now converting warm traffic, and you're still going to have to pay a little bit more. It's November, it's December, right? But you're going to have a much higher uh, uh, conversion rate. You're going to have a much higher uh, cost, uh, much, excuse me, much lower cost per lead rate. And overall, it's going to be a much more success, successful campaign than if you just went out there and, and started doing some ads cold and trying to convert that cold traffic right now. So dig your well before you're thirsty. The time isn't upon us where we've got to be like little chipmunks, little squirrels and packing those nuts away and getting ready for the wintertime because it's going to be a long, hard, cold winter for a lot of us. So dig your well before you're thirsty. 
Uh, we did get a couple of questions coming in at, towards the end of our show last week uh, pertaining to our discussion on SEO and SEM. Had a couple of people reach out to me uh, privately, a couple in the email inbox saying, you know, uh, love your talk on SEO. That makes a whole lot of sense. Now, how do I actually use that? How do I um, uh, do that on my particular platform? So I had one person ask me about doing SEO on their Wix site. Uh, another person asking how to do SEO on their WordPress site. Um, I know I, I didn't have anyone on this, but um, I think it was it was a few weeks back. Someone had asked me um, an unrelated conversation how to do some SEO on their Squarespace site. So um, I realized I was kind of talking pretty broadly there about how to how to tackle some of the stuff and what it was and more trying to compare it to SEM or search engine marketing. So if you want to learn about the difference between SEO and SEM, go back and watch our video from last week. Uh, but I did want to go into a couple of specifics um, regarding SEO and particular platforms. So if you have a website on a uh, on a content management system or on one of those website builders, uh, you know whether it's something more advanced like Drupal or Joomla or WordPress, um, or if it's you know more of a DIY tool. We're talking Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, that kind of thing. There's a bunch of different things that you can do to optimize that site for search. Um, so I guess we'll start on the on the latter end there, the DIY tools, the website builders. Um, the specific question I got was Wix. Now these tools are are really awesome to get people that you know don't know how to code, don't know how to build websites, and get them up and going quickly, um, and get you something that works, something that is um, you know maybe not as advanced as you could do or as a, a professional developer could do, but you can get something that looks good, looks professional, and works for you and your business up relatively quickly uh, with little to no cost to you. So uh, these tools are, are really great in their place um, and, and when leveraged properly. They are a little bit limited in what you can do as far as search engine optimization goes. Because you don't really have access to the back end, all you have is a couple of settings that they offer you. Um, so depending on what platform you're looking at, um, those settings can be a little bit different place. If you have a specific platform, let me know and I can walk you through how to find each of those things. But a quick Google search should get you there as well. There's walkthroughs all over the place and guides all over the place to help you find those settings. You can just type uh, Wix SEO settings or Squarespace SEO settings. Um, typically, they are revolving around the site's metadata. Metadata is information about your website, not information on your website. It's about it. So this is the title of the website or a title of a specific page. This is a description of, uh, of a page or description of a website. This is what search engines primarily use at the very beginning, the earliest level of their search uh, and the most basic level of their algorithm. They're looking at this site metadata to figure out what your site's about, um, what your specific pages are about. Um, and how it should categorize your site and how it should crawl it uh, in more depth. So um, regardless of your website platform, you need to be looking at your website's metadata and make sure that that's all filled in, accurate, um, and, and relevant. Um, for the title specifically, you want to keep that real short. Um, you'll see this all over the place when you search uh, for something you're, you're going through Google search. You'll see there is the, uh, the title, the link that you'll actually click to go to the website. Underneath it, there's some more information, maybe a little bit of a paragraph, a couple different page links. But that top one there is the page title. You can also see it in the tab. Uh, 
So right now, if you're on your uh, your desktop and you look at the top, you can see your, your different tabs there, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or whatever else you have open, you're going to see some text there along with probably a little image, uh, a little icon or a little logo. That thing there at the top is the page title, and it's pulling that from your website's or from that website's meta description. Um, so that's one of the first things that search engines look at: make sure that it has the name of your business, it has relevant words there that um, are are used on that web page. Um, don't go into a bunch of detail there. Obviously, this should be very short. And don't put a bunch of irrelevant keywords. Even if you think these keywords are relevant to your business, if they're not relevant to that page, if they're not repeated on that page, uh, Google's not going to like it. It might actually see that as keyword stuffing, uh, which is something it uses to blacklist people. Um, you're probably not going to get blacklisted for that, but it's definitely not going to rank you very high for that. Um, in the description, something similar. You can go into a little bit more depth here. This should be a couple of sentences, probably try to keep it under, uh, you know, this is a maybe half a paragraph kind of thing. Um, here you should be able to put in some more keywords, put in some more uh, specific description about your business, about your website, and specifically about that page. Um, but again, don't just put a giant list of all the keywords you can think of. This is keyword stuffing that's frowned upon now. Uh, this should be human readable because again, when you're going through that uh, search results, you see the main title there, the link to the website and underneath it, there's a little paragraph. That is the meta description. So people are going to see this. This has to be human readable, actually in sentence format. Uh, but with that in mind, this is a good time for you to try to put in uh, the proper keywords if you want people to find you um, given a set of, of keywords or keyword phrases. This is where you put them. So on Wix, on Squarespace, on Weebly, on these kinds of DIY builders, just Google real quick your platform, SEO settings, and it should give you an option for title, for description. Some of them still give keyword. Uh, there used to be a keyword metadata tag. Um, that's since been deprecated on most browsers and search engines. So, I mean, it's not really going to hurt to put anything in there, but most things aren't really looking at that anymore. So probably don't worry about that too much. Really look at the title, really look at the description. Moving on to some more advanced content management systems or other builders. Um, if you're working with something like Joomla or Drupal or something like that, it's a little bit more advanced. Most likely you either have some uh, technical experience and you know how to tackle some of this stuff. And maybe we just need to be talking about your on-page optimization, um, working on your content, really making sure that your keywords are, are laced in there and baked in well, um, that your page is structured properly to focus on those keywords. Um, we're less going to be talking about settings within the content management system. Um, WordPress is kind of the one that splits the difference there, where um, you know there there are some specific things you can do here if you really want to go in depth into WordPress SEO plugins. There is an article on our website. You can go to wildmyweb.com/articles, um, and there is a uh, ultimate guide to WordPress SEO plugins. So go there, read through all of those, but. The summary of everything, the short answer here is, especially if you're just getting going here and you don't really know what you're doing, um, the easiest, most effective solution and probably the winner and king of all SEO plugins is Yoast. Um, that's uh, Y-O-A-S-T. 
Um, so you can just search for that uh, WordPress Yoast plugin, um, or you can just go ahead and add that plugin to your WordPress site. It'll walk you through everything. It actually has sort of a, a wizard configuration wizard at the very beginning. It'll walk you through, ask you some questions, have you fill out a couple of things, and then it will optimize your site for you to a certain extent. I would still recommend working with um, a specialist um, or at least having someone analyze and do sort of a, a website audit for you at that point. Um, but that will give you a really solid foundation to build on if you if you run that uh, plugin, if you install the Yoast plugin on your WordPress site. Then all you have to do is get some um, get some backlinks, get some people linking to your site, get some engaging content out there off your site that leads back to your site, hopefully get some traffic coming to your site, and uh, optimize your actual on-site, on-page content to really focus on your uh, keywords of choice. So uh, that's some more specific SEO information on some of these platforms. Um, I'll put a link to our article on specifically WordPress SEO, since that's a big one, it's a really popular one. Um, if you want me to dive more specifically into some of the other platforms, maybe we can put up an article on it, um, then let me know. Uh, email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com or just comment here, um, and we'll, we'll gauge interest, interest that way. Uh, Mike, did you have anything on that point before we, before we move on to our next thing? No, not necessarily, Miles. Um, you know, I, th I think maybe something that we didn't touch on, we touched on a little bit last week, uh, but something that I know that we get we get questions about all the time is, is you know, when is, when is the appropriate time to focus your attention, aka your money, um, in SEO versus SEM, and then, you know, SEM versus social. Uh, you know, that's, that's for a lot of small businesses, obviously they can't do all three at once, so they have to pick and choose, uh, you know, where they're going to put their eggs in, the, in which basket, so to speak. And so that that's always an important discussion uh, to have with a client and, and to figure out, you know, from the onset what their goals are, what they're trying to achieve, and then which one of these um, these mechanisms is going to achieve that the quickest and the best, and and uh, get the the lowest uh, cost to them and the highest return rate of return. So it, it all comes down to that, you know, understanding your funnel, understanding your your customer and your audience and where they are and uh, you know there's there's good points and there's bad points about each one it just really depends on what you're trying to accomplish where you are in the funnel uh, but you know I, I think like we talked about last week you know I think SEO is a really good foundational start and that if somebody doesn't have a presence on the web in general you know because of just neglect to, um, over the years over starting a brand new business and they're just new uh, I think the SEO is a great foundation to work from. Of course, it just takes longer, you know, but that if you can, that's a, that's probably the foundational start. And then once you, once you build that, you can get into a, a, a middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel type of engagement. And then you really work on the social media and SEM and, and you need to balance, you know, which one is appropriate for you at the right time and, and not be trying to, uh, to hammer something with a shovel, you know? Uh, using the right tool at the right time is is very very important and and something that everybody should be considering uh, just as as a macro big picture idea before they dive into any 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 one of these subjects. Yeah, well, yeah, SEO is a really good starting point. Um, I, I did get one more question on this just after the show last week. Someone wanted to 
basically had asked me, how much does it cost to optimize my website for search? How much does SEO cost? And I, I had to come back with something I, I may have glossed over last week, and that was, you know, we call it optimization for a reason. This isn't something that just, you know, you do and then you're done. It is an ongoing effort of, of, of constantly working to improve and perfect um, your website, your content, um, and, and your, uh, your online presence, both on your website and externally uh, off of your website. Um, so there's a lot to tackle there, um, and it's something that's never it's never quite done. It's just a matter of how much you need to do. Um, so the very first step there is getting a good website. If you can get a good website built on a good platform, and you utilize that platform um, and and their SEO settings as well as you possibly can, that gives you a good foundation uh, and a great starting place. Uh, so whenever we develop a website, we're developing at at a base level of search engine optimization. You know, whether we're building a custom site, uh, a WordPress site, or helping someone else out with a uh, a Wix site or something. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a great point, Miles. And I hate to be I hate to be a little negative, but. <laughs> um, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that we see people make, honestly, is that that foundation that they make is something like a Wix site. You know, it, it's, it's, they, they don't understand how important having a great website is. And they think they just need that. They need to have a website. They don't need to have the website. And, and really, you know, in the long run, it saves you so much more time and money to have the website as soon as possible and not just throwing something up there uh, that a is not going to do a good job for you uh, so it's not going to get you know optimal results but it's just you're going to have to fix it eventually and, and it's going to end up costing more money in the long run so you know as we're kind of on this theme of building a solid foundation i just thought mm -hmm. maybe i'd i'd take a minute to take a swipe at, <laughs> at wix in particular no offense to wix there's there's certainly other other platforms that are equally deserving of uh, of some of some good nature gripping but uh yeah sometimes that is a good mistake we see a lot yeah um and you know some at, at some point um having nothing or having something is better than having nothing so sure. I, I i will say that you know these things they have their time and place they're a good um i would say they're a good placeholder to get you up and going quickly with little to no cost um, but regardless of any tool that you're using, if you're using Wix or WordPress or you're out there custom coding your own site or you're working with an agency, whatever you're doing, take that tool and use it to its fullest extent. So don't just you know, say, you know, I have to get up something, I have to have it up today, I'm going to throw together this really quick Wix site and I'm not going to look at any of the other settings or any other tools available to me or anything, I'm just going to put something up so that there's something there. If you're going to take the time and, and put the effort into building something and putting it out there, then make sure that you're maximally using all of the resources that you have available to you. Like I said, there's not much that you really can do on uh, on the DIY website builders, Wix, Weebly, that kind of thing as far as search engine optimization goes. But there is something, there's a little bit there. And so it would behoove you to really use that. Um, like I said, just do that quick Google search, Wix SEO settings, where are they? Go to that section write your page titles and uh, page descriptions, fill out your page metadata. 
Um, it doesn't take all that long and it's really going to help you out. Because as I discussed in our last uh, conversation on SEO, it really is like uh, you know buying a property. Everything that you put into it, you're building equity. Even if you kind of change strategies later on, um, while it, it might maybe better in the long run to pick a strategy and really put um, all your eggs in ba that basket and push it hard, um, doing something and changing some some directions along the way, uh, changing websites, changing platforms, or whatever, it's 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 all building equity for you. So at the very beginning, if you need to start with a free Wix site um, and you write up your own page and your own descriptions and your own titles and you do your own SEO work, mm -hmm. all of that is building equity for you in your online presence. It's, it's always a good step to go forward. So leverage what you have there, really put a little bit of time and effort into it and make it happen um, and then Later on, when you have some more resources, you want to put some more time into this, and you really do want to shore up that foundation that Mike's talking about here and give you that, that platform to jump off of and really scale and grow, um, then you'll at least have a start in that. Definitely, Miles. Before we move off of the websites and SEO, let me throw a right hook out there uh, for the people, because we are doing a little bit of, of a special that we just started. Uh, this week and it's going till through the end of the month. Well, kind of, it's, it's going until we run out of space. Uh, and that is for anybody who's looking for a new website for 2021, uh, we are doing a deal where, where any new proposals that come in uh, this month, if we can get them done, we can get the website done and published before the new year, before New Year's Eve, then we will give you free hosting for all of 2021. That's right, free hosting for all of 2021 on any new websites uh, built between now and New Year's Eve. So as I said, there's only a limited amount of space in here because Miles is already pretty busy and he's got to get these websites done uh, before New Year's Eve. So we're only going to take a limited number of them and uh, it is now wide open for anybody to send us a proposal and get that deal. So throwing that out there, Miles. Absolutely. That's that's important. So if anyone is looking to upgrade what they have or, you know, get something going, get that foundation. Like I said, everything that we develop, we do a sort of base level of search search engine optimization on everything to make sure that you do have that solid foundation. And I, I know a lot of people were really worried about the ongoing costs of having a website. So uh, we're just going to take care of that for, for the next year for you. Um, you know, that being said, we do have some questions coming in, uh, comments here. I see we have a couple of nice bot comments on our YouTube channel, so that's wonderful. Thank you, bot. Um, and some not bot comments on Facebook. Hello, Jeff, our, uh, our favorite regular viewer. Did we, did we have Jeff enter a uh, captcha to, to join the chat? Are we sure he's not a bot? Uh, I'm not sure. Even talking to him in person, I'm not entirely sure he's not a bot sometimes. <laughs> Good morning. Good after. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. How are you, sir? We're gonna go with morning. It's still technically morning. <laughs> Just been up for a while. Oh right, yeah, it's been one of those days. We'll make it. We'll make it through, and hopefully answer a couple of questions along the way. So, question here: uh, What is the optimal path or blueprint for building a social and email marketing plan? 
I like to choose the word plan there because I think probably my number one point on on building out this is uh, to take some time and plan. I've, I've harped on this a couple of times in, in previous episodes of this show, but I think a lot of people really try to jump the gun there, get going. They want to do something right now. They want to go um, and they don't really take the time to map something out, have a goal, have an objective and really make a a, a long-term plan too, not just, you know, this is my plan for this week. This is what I'm going to try. You've got your plan for this week. You've got your plan for this month. You've got this your plan for this quarter and for this year. You've got metrics along the way, uh, benchmarks. Uh, so something that you can measure along the way to tell you whether you're going the right direction or not, if you're failing, if you're succeeding, uh, where you might need a little bit more effort um, or section of your plan might need a little bit more love and where things are really rocking and rolling. So I'd start off for the, uh, just to, I guess, compliment your question rather than answer. And that is make a plan, take the time. It may be a little bit annoying, uh, especially if you really want to get going on something. Um, but it, it's going to be worthwhile to take the time and put in the effort to build out short, medium, long-term plans and build it around actual goals, measurable goals, make sure that you can measure everything along the way. Uh, but I guess with that, with that being said, I'll toss it over to Mike, our uh, marketing strategist extraordinaire here. So what are your tips? Well, great question, Jeff. Uh, you know, it, obviously it's going to depend on, on the business and the, and the industry and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm going to speak really, really generally here. Uh, and then I'll give you a, maybe a specific example after after I give a general one. But uh, yeah, as Miles was saying, you got to start with a plan. And for me, that really starts with what is our end goal? What is our key performance indicator? What do we want to have happen? And you know, most people, the general knee-jerk reaction is, well, I want sales. Well, okay, but we we want a specific plan of action of what those sales look like, how much, over what time. Uh, and then we really want to dig deep into the why factor. Why is somebody going to buy this? Why is this a realistic uh, goal, you know, in terms of our sales to have? Uh, and then we want to focus on the who. And the who is, of course, our audience. You want to understand who is the, who is the right target audience for this. Um, and we really want to dig deep on that. We want to do some, some uh, market research if we can. And, and, and also, along with the why, you want to probably do some market research, do some focus groups, do some things like that, uh, and figure out who is my main target and why they want to do business with me. Uh, after we do that, well, then we can figure out maybe what is a good social platform for us to be on. Uh, and, I, and I wouldn't necessarily think about these two things separately, you know, social and e-marketing, uh, excuse me, social and email marketing to me. Uh, go hand in hand because as we've talked about uh, before on the show, you know, a big mistake that people make is they build a huge online presence on a social media uh, platform, but they don't own that. They're building a house on rented land. And so you always want to be sending your audience to something you control. Ideally, that's a website or an email list. Uh, so I, th I really think that these, these two things work in tandem. So after I figure out who uh, I'm going to focus and narrow down, hopefully to one platform. Uh, if I can, if I can really narrow down to one platform at first, that's going to help me establish an audience quicker and larger than if I try to do multiple platforms at once. Now, eventually, we want to we want to grow and, and get to those multiple platforms, but uh, you don't want to bite off one chew at first. So, I would pick where is the best place that I can find my audience, and 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 then I'm going to 
figure out the what. And the what is content. What does this audience want to see from me? How can I provide them value? And of course, value, uh, you know, we, we identify as anything that's informative, uh, entertaining, or educational. And so then I need to create a whole lot of content. And the reason I need to create a whole lot of content is because I need to be able to test things and I need to be able to see what really resonates truly with my audience, what really gets them to understand that why factor, and eventually, of course, what gets them to actually buy. Um, and, and, and then once I understand all of that, then I can start, I can actually launch a campaign uh, and I can start testing things. And I'm gonna test a myriad of, 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 of different uh, uh, options, right? I'm gonna test different copy points, I'm gonna test different pictures, different videos, different audiences. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to weed out the stuff that's not working and we're trying to synthesize the stuff that is working, double down on the stuff that works, obviously. Uh, then, like I said, once you build that up, once you're building up your audience, you're getting views, you're getting traffic, you're getting engagement, then you can start to, to cycle them off to my website, my uh, email list, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're doing a good job of listening to your audience and listening to how they're engaging with your content, they will really uh, actually tell you how they want to be sold and what they want to buy. And then at that point, after you build up the know, the like, and the trust factor, then you can start to ask them to buy stuff. You can start having direct call to actions. You can start throwing right hooks in there um, because you've built up that, that I like you, I know you, I trust you factor, that everybody wants to do business with people that they know, like, and trust, right? Zig Ziglar taught us that back in the 80s. I don't think it's, it's ever going to change. Uh, it's just part of human nature. So uh, that is, is the, the broad uh, you know, <laughs> uh, answer to your question um, specifically because I know you and I know your business. I'll give you a specific uh, example of something that I, I think would work really well that hopefully some others can glean um, some usefulness from, from you too. But, you know, Jeff, I know that you were trying to, uh, you were trying to basically, you know, grow your membership, uh, grow your audience, and, and you are focused on a certain segment of a political Right. So uh, I would encourage you to look at uh, Tom Woods. I can't remember if we talked to, if we discussed Dr. Woods before or not, but Dr. Woods has a very similar audience to you, to you. Um, and, you know, now it's a little bit different because, you know, he's a, he's a best-selling New York, or New York Times uh, author. He's, you know, he's, he's, he had an audience before he started this podcast, but um Anybody can start this. And there's other people that I could give examples to who didn't have an audience previous who have done this. But for the past, I don't know, eight, 10 years or so, he has put out a podcast every single day, five days a week. He's almost up to like 2,000 some episodes at this point. So he puts out a crap of content for free that is directly in what provides value to his audience. He educates people who want to know about his, his skill set, which is uh, economics, liberty-based economics and history. And then he has a wonderful email list that he provides. If you haven't subscribed to it, I certainly encourage you to subscribe to that and see the way that he works his email list because he's a master of affiliate marketing and getting products in front of people that he knows directly uh, align with his audience and what they want and they need. And he does it in a way that is non-salesy. He does it in a way that provides value, that is sometimes entertaining, it's sometimes funny, 
uh, but you always get something out of it before he asks you to buy something. And so I think that that is somebody who's in your category of business and your, your niche uh, that you could basically you know, rip off uh, a lot of what he's doing and having a lot of success. Uh, again, it's not a, uh, it's not a, a, an easy thing to do. It's not a short-term process, but it is one that is a lot less expensive than going out there and spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars uh, you know, on a Facebook ad campaign or something like that and just basically buying traffic, you know, you could do that, sure. Or you can build up traffic more organically by building that audience through a long-term sustained valuable content pillar, like something like a podcast. So any follow-up questions to that, Jeff, be happy to answer. I know that was a little rambly. That's okay. Your rambles are good. Good <laughs> rambles. Uh, I, I will highlight a couple of points there, I think. Um, I think that there's there's one thing that I, I say in there fairly regularly. I know that I've said on this show before, but um, when you are just starting out, it can be a little bit daunting. You've got your new website, you've got your social strategy, you've got email marketing, you've got your paid plan, your organic plan, content creation, SEO. There's a ton of stuff out there and it can be crazy overwhelming. So um, I think there's two solutions to that. Um, one is is obviously talk to someone who knows something about this. So um, I don't know, maybe watch a live stream of a local agency that gives out information. That's a good way to do it. Um, but also start with start with what you know. Um, I could set in there. It's it's probably good to just start with a single platform um, and maybe build out because nothing here, nothing you're doing here is absolutely set in stone. You can start small. You don't have to do everything all at once. You don't have to tackle every aspect of your digital presence, of your uh, online presence today. So start with what you know. If you personally are a big Instagram person, you don't really do Twitter, you don't really do Facebook, but you're on Instagram all the time, start with Instagram. Get your company set up on Instagram. Start producing content there. And then as you get more comfortable with that, that's going to take up less time, less resources, um, and you can bring what you're doing there over onto a new platform or take that extra mental space that you have now that you've got that down pat and learn about a new platform. Maybe you need to learn how to do Twitter or how to manage a Twitter account. Um, so you can learn how to do that. Um, you can get that set up and you can start expanding, but just start with what you know. Um, another helpful tool in that is tools. Use a tool um, when you're managing your social media uh, when you're managing your email marketing. There are lots of tools out there to help make this easier, to schedule things out, to give you analytics, to measure things for you, to help you capitalize on all of the work that you're putting into uh, building out your social presence, building out your email marketing, building out your email list. Um, so grab onto one of those. Some of them are even free out there, and the paid ones aren't crazy expensive, especially for small organizations. Um, so find a couple of those tools, find the one that you find the ones that you like and make sure to leverage those because you don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, th there's lots of resources out there for you on, uh, on learning all this stuff. Um, and then one thing that I, I think you didn't completely steer into, and maybe this ties a little bit more into content marketing um, and less into specifically building out a social following or an email marketing plan, 
Um, and that is, you know, be cognizant of the content that you're creating. Make sure that you're being, you're being real, you're being entertaining, you're putting out quality stuff, and you're not just selling all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Regardless of if you are just starting small with just an Instagram page or if you're doing every platform under the sun and an email marketing campaign, um, if you just out the out of the gate start selling right away and say here here look at me I've got this stuff give me money for my stuff um, then it's it's not going to work you've got to make sure to um, maybe sprinkle in some messages like that but overall you want to provide value um, you want to be entertaining um, so find a way to do that and again I'm going to go back to do what you know if you are um, just a really funny person, uh, then you can really capitalize on that and kind of do something a little bit silly, something that catches people's eyes. If you're really not that kind of outgoing person, um, then maybe that's not the kind of strategy for you. Maybe you want to go value instead, um, where you're finding resources, you're finding blogs in your industry or something like that, and you're providing that to your audience so that they're getting this constant stream of information or value or entertainment or something uh, again fall back on what you know and what you do what you do best and then put that out there that's going to be the best way to grow your audience reach as many people as possible and then eventually sell more yeah miles I'll jump in there and just add a couple things because you maybe think you know realize something that we don't talk about enough uh, you know, people, we, we get, you know, my fault. I'm the, I'm the advertising guy, right? We get so focused on sales and advertising and marketing and, oh, we could do this, we could do that, we could do we target this, who's it, what's it? It's a social network, right? And I think a lot of times we forget about how important it is to be social and to engage um, not only with our followers, but use that platform to talk about others in our industry and uplift other people and it, even if it's our competition you know i mean you know and, and just being a resource for your community and your audience is so important and i think that 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 should be you know probably 25 percent of everybody's uh social strategy is is doing community engagement and lifting other people up talking about what's happening in your community or at least providing some sort of entertainment and i'll, I'll give a couple quick examples of this uh, on, on the content marketing side of things and the first one we were talking about yesterday miles uh, off off air but i think we've talked about it on air before and that was that's the law firm law firm uh, brown and crouppen uh, and you know everybody should go check out their stuff follow them on facebook but they basically have a content marketing campaign that they do uh, that is i think it's called guys that eat sandwiches is that what it is or lawyers that eat sandwiches Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> so and so, you know, pre-COVID, of course, you know, they were going around uh, to everywhere in Kansas City and Louis, which is where their, their two big offices are, their headquartered out of St. Louis, and they'd go into all the uh, famous and lesser famous restaurants and sit around and eat, talk about all the great food, maybe interview the the chef or the owner or something like that, and be regular people. You know, be be what you don't expect from lawyers. And certainly what you don't expect from a law firm's advertising and marketing. Uh, but what they do is they humanize themselves and they're being social. And that's really, you know, one of the most important things and aspects of any of these platforms that we can do. 
and uh, and another you know just to show that you shouldn't be afraid to even talk about your competition of course in a positive way you don't you don't want to well i guess we can give another example too uh you know the, the, there are examples though i, well, I wasn't where i was going with it but like a detour uh, uh detour uh, a couple years ago uh wendy's had a great twitter uh, campaign. I don't think they're still doing it. Where they would they were talking smack on everybody, and they were doing Twitter smackdowns, and they were talking smack on their competitors. They were talking smack on people in other industries, uh, but it was all like in a good natured, you know, kind of fun way. And then it would lead to you know they tweet back, get tweeted back at, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know, great example of of using your content on a platform to be social, be engaging. And, uh, and 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 being you know, halfway normal uh, than just hey come buy another uh, another double double pounder with cheese, uh, but so content marketing institute which we talked about a whole bunch uh, on the show before the godfather of content marketing Joe Polizzi's uh, organization they did a great um, ploy I guess you could call it uh, when they were really starting their uh, to grow their their presence uh, and grow their company. And what, what they do is they do events all over the country that basically talk about you know content marketing uh, agencies like us go to them and figure out how we can help our clients with them. Well, they at one point started ranking all of the best events, uh, similar events in the nation that were doing these kinds of, of uh, trade shows and events uh, for the same type of audience as them. They of course left themselves out of the rankings and they put it out every year as the official best events. I can't remember if it was top five, top 10. And all their competitors would, of course, tout this. They would share it with their audiences. And some of them even put the widget on their own website talking about this award that they got. And what it was essentially was was a link right back to the Content Marketing Institute's website. And so that, of course, sent their traffic gangbusters and they were getting all kinds of traffic directly from their competition site and by all by talking about how good their, their competitors were so you know a little bit of a mind flip there on what we typically think about how to handle uh, talking about our competitors and positioning ourselves uh, with other competitors in the space take off the gloves every once in a while come out of the ring act like normal people and others your audience is going to resonate with that and they're going to remember that and they're going to remember you and they're going to feel they're going to feel like they know that I can trust you a little bit better uh, because you're being a little bit more transparent than, than the average bear out there. So, Miles, I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole. I don't sure know, but it seems like a good, it's a good <laughs> rabbit hole. So um, I'll, I'll take this moment to back up a little bit and say, um, you know, if you do have some some experience with this or you tried it and it didn't work or you tried it and you have a success story, you just want to jump in the conversation. Uh, talk to us in the comments. This is supposed to be a, a live Q&A here. So if you have any questions or comments or anything, let us know. You can always email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com as well. I do have that address scrolling below us um, in case we don't get to you this week. We'll get back to you next week um, as we're live streaming this show every Wednesday at 11. Um, your conversation on content marketing there did remind me of a conversation I just had yesterday, actually, and it might be an interesting point of um, it just made me think of, of kind of the same strategies you were just talking about there in the digital world can be employed in the real world as well in the physical world. Um, so 
I was actually down at the Lawrence Brew Supply Shop. So if and if you haven't been down there, it's the local homebrew store. Um, they just got a new location right on Mass, and they're building it out there, doing a really great job um, getting everything put together. So stop on by and check it out. But um, he had apparently just had a conversation with our other friend, uh, friend Lance Mullen, uh, who had walked in and gave him an interesting suggestion. You know, since it is a pretty niche market just for home brewers, he's got supplies there, big baskets of grain and big pots and stuff like that. But he's right on mass. He gets a lot of foot traffic, people coming in uh, or walking by and then coming in wondering, hey, what is this? This is a weird little shop here. And uh, Lance had suggested to him, you should have some some products in here that are not for brewers that are people maybe just interested in it or who are just visiting town or walking by and found this cool little shop you can have he, he has pint glasses for sale there but you have a little bit more uh, things outside of his own industry outside of his own specialty things that you know wouldn't necessarily make sense at first glance in a homebrew shop but totally makes sense for this uh, specific scenario where he does have that foot traffic so the same kind of ideas where you know you're promoting your competition or you are a law firm that you're not talking about law stuff you're just eating sandwiches um you know going outside of the obvious just to get a little bit of attention to grab some people that aren't necessarily specifically in your market or at least you wouldn't think would be and getting yourself out there and engaging the population um, whether that's your Facebook audience or people walking past your physical storefront um, may be may turn out to be incredibly valuable and play into your overall marketing campaign just by getting people talking about you getting people interested in you and your business and then maybe bringing in some people that are outside of your circle people that you wouldn't even think to market to um, so there, there's lots of wins there lots of things that you can do it's also smart to, to utilize your retail space like that, you know, with, with his type of a store, it's a, it's a destination spot. You know, people are going there to get something. Typically they're not going there to let's walk around, you know, it's not the mall, you know, and see what we can find. Right. And so what I would do if I was him <laughs> is I would hide, not literally, but you know, I'm having some fun with this. I would put, you know, just like in the grocery store, they put the milk, in the very back far corner, right? Why do they do that? Because everybody comes in, they need they need a gallon of milk. Sometimes it's all they need, but they make you walk past 75 other SKUs to get to that gallon of milk. Well, same thing. I would put the you know the one or two pieces of brewing equipment that everybody uh, comes in to, to get, I'd put that in the back of the store, put everything up in the front of the store that you think they might be interested in as they're walking by on the way to that. Uh, but yeah, no reason not to use your square footage, especially on mastery. That stuff is not cheap, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you want to utilize it and maximize it as much as possible, um, which is, yeah, something that's a little bit harder to do uh, in the online world. You know, that's something that has certainly shifted to the consumer's advantage as opposed to the retailers. You know, where now if there's one or two things that I want and I go to your online store it's a lot harder to quote unquote hide, you know, or kind of bury those things around the harder to sell items like you can in a traditional retail space. Um, so the consumer certainly won out uh, on that exchange. 
Yeah, I mean, so the idea of like you know putting candy in the checkout line or something, you're you're getting 100%. someone to buy something they didn't necessarily think about beforehand, but applying that same idea to to marketing and inserting yourself into situations and social circles that uh, you know maybe don't directly pertain to you, but indirectly can uh, increase your audience, increase your reach, and get some more people interested in you and your brand and your business. So, so Miles, that, that, that's a great point, and I'm just going to follow that up with a quick analogy, uh, because there is, some, there is a way to transition this from the physical world to the digital world. I think you just gave me this idea. You know, not only do they put, not only do they put the candy in the checkout aisle, but where is most of the candy in relative to height? Guessing low. It's low. Why do you think that is? Kids love candy. Kids love candy. Okay. So they put candy. the candy right where the attention is for the kids. And it has some sort of value to the kids. Right. So apply that exact same principle going back to Jeff, Jeff's question, which I think is somehow how we got down this rabbit hole of, of a way to plan your, your social strategy. Uh, put your message in obviously the place that's going to get the most attention with your target audience. But here's the kicker. You're interrupting, right? This is interruption, interruption advertising when somebody's scrolling through their newsfeed to see their friends and family and they see our ad. So, okay, we did a good job. We got the candy in front of them, but it, we have to make sure that the candy resonates with the audience. And so that's why they did a perfect job in the retail space is they put it right where they know that their main audience is and the, they're going to grab it. They're going to say, mommy, mommy's trying to get, you know, the stuff out on the checkout line and, and is about done with the grocery store and doesn't have time to argue about it. It says, yes, throw it on there. Quit crying. Right. And so same thing, that piece of content has to be valuable and it has to be an immediate reaction that somebody wants to reach out and grab it and know that it's valuable to them. Awesome. Well, uh, hopefully we provided some value there and that uh, that detour. I, I don't know exactly how we got off there, but I think there was some some good information. So um, if anyone has any other questions, anything else you want us to talk about, go ahead and throw that in the comments and we will touch on that. Um, there's one more point that um, had, had been brought up several times. I, I wanted to uh, toss it to you, Mike, to see if you had just a couple of quick tips. And we're coming up on an hour here, so probably not going to go too deep into this. There might may need to be a, a continuation of this next week. But sure. um, just talking about Facebook and lead generation. If I'm a business where you know I need people to set appointments, I need someone to call in, I need someone to, you know, we're, we're really focusing on that lead gen, and I want to leverage Facebook. Um, especially for the smaller businesses, maybe just trying to get started here. Uh, you know, we had had some conversations about this in the last week or so. So do you have any sort of high level tips or thoughts on, on just getting that top level lead gen on Facebook for, for that kind of a business? Yes. Okay. We, yeah, we might have to spill this into next week. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Okay. So several different things. I mean, first of all, I do think Facebook is great. Legion, uh, but you have to back up first and you have to ask that question, which I think we kind of maybe touched on a little bit earlier in the show. And that is, is Facebook going to be my best way to get Legion or is SEM is something like Google AdWords going to be 
the best way uh, to get Facebook, or excuse me, to get to get lead gen. Uh, I think there's a couple different factors that, that go into that. First of all, is where in the funnel is the bulk of my audience that I'm trying to convert? Because if this is a strictly bottom of the funnel thing, you're probably going to be better off Google AdWords and SEM. Now, this depends on the category and the, and the area and who's using what keywords and, and all of that. But uh, generally speaking, that's probably going to be a little bit better to convert. However, on Facebook, you can find people who are in the middle of the funnel and the, and the bottom of the funnel, and you can push some of those people who are maybe not quite ready to actually go to the step of, I'm searching for this, I'm actively looking to buy it, but they're in, they have a need, they have a want, uh, and, and they need a little bit of an extra nudge, right? So that's where I think Facebook, we can get in front of those people. Again, though, it's got to be something that is, is immediately valuable to them when they see it, because unlike search, we're interrupting them. They didn't, they didn't necessarily log on Facebook today to buy our service or product. Whereas if they go on Google and they're searching for it, we know that's a honey hole, right? They, they need that. They want that uh, today. So we have to have a really great piece of content that has an amazing offer. And if you have a great offer, something that you don't have to think about, it is an amazing tool uh, Facebook is in order to get lead generation. Uh, you can actually run lead form ads where they don't even have to leave the platform and somebody can just go in and put in the name, email, you know, a couple of questions if you want to pre-qualify them and you can get that information and follow them, them directly. So you don't even need uh, a high converting landing page or website in order to, to do Facebook ads. That's one of the great advantages of it. Uh, you can use a messenger chat bot, you know, which we talked about uh, before the show that is, is a great way to convert leads, a great way to pre-qualify those leads, book appointments, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, you know, the other part of this, and this is where I don't think we're, we're gonna have enough time to really dig into like we should, um, is, is redemption. How are you redeeming those leads? What systems do you have in place to redeem those leads and turn those leads into revenue, okay? Redemption equals revenue. Because if you don't have a good system in place, if you don't have a proper script to, to answer the phone, if you don't have a follow-up, you know, that if you book somebody for an appointment a week or 10 days out, what are you doing to follow up with them 24 hours in advance to make sure they show up to that appointment? You know, those kind of systems and practices have to all be in place and have to be tested and vetted uh, you know, before you're able to do a long-term successful campaign. So... So, you know, when we're talking about lead gen, you know, it, it, it's a couple of different things. It's first finding the quality leads, you know, we can always find people, but it's it's finding the quality leads and then having the, mechanic, the mechanics in place in order to follow those leads, turn them into revenue quickly. And so we're not bleeding leads, uh, as we say in, in the industry. Bleeding is obviously never good, especially when you're paying money for leads. So, uh, so that that's the quick answer to that, Miles. But if you want to put that one in a hopper for next week, I'm sure I, I could dig in a little bit more. It's a very important topic and a great question. 
Absolutely. So we'll we'll consider that our teaser for next week. Uh, wrapping up here again. This is Ask Wildman. So it's an open Q and A. We're here to answer any and all questions about business, technology, marketing, uh, anything else. Uh, and and we are doing this as a uh, a free resource to our community. We just started doing it during COVID, but uh, probably going to keep keep this train running as long as we can here because hopefully we're providing some value. If you think that what we're doing here is providing value, it's uh, some good information, some good resources, then uh, make sure to like, share this video, depending on what uh, social platform you're on. We want to reach as many people as possible, to answer as many questions as possible, and to be as big of a resource as possible. So best way you can help us out with that is point people to our live stream and share this video out to your friends. So uh, hopefully we can, we can help out as many people as possible. Uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap this up. Mike, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we'll see him again next week. Appreciate it, Miles. Everybody, thanks for watching, and thanks for the questions, Jeff. Uh, YouTubers, thanks for the, the spammy comments, and uh, everybody have a prosperous week. See you next time. <laughs> All right. See you, Mike. All right. So like I said, uh, we're going to be back here next Wednesday at 11. Um, if we didn't get to your question or if you're watching us later, um, then uh, go ahead and email us. You can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Um, or you can put something in the comments. We'll go back and check this later, and we'll try to address your question next week on Ask Wildman. See you all next week. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.